is The Issue Window with Albie and Brittany. We are airing out the laundry to clean your soul. Just kidding. You're going to leave with more stains than when you entered. Listen at your own risk. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Issue Window. Today it's just going to be me and Albie chatting it up a little bit. Hi Albie. Good morning everybody. <laughs> uh, we thought we'd start off today with a little Corvid report and go over some things that are happening. Things are starting to happen. There's some news on the equipment front and really just the world in general. A lot of states are opening back up. Georgia, Missouri, uh, some of Tennessee's opening back up. I think North Carolina. Alvy and I are both in Ohio and Illinois, so we're staying put. <laughs> well, not so much. I mean, we're starting to open things up in Ohio. We, uh, manufacturing can start today, and they start a lot of elective surgeries on Friday, so things are starting to loosen up here. That's good. Yeah, you might be having to go back to the office here before too long. Yeah, we started getting some emails today about that. You know, they're starting to figure out exactly what that's going to look like and, you know, all, all different different scenarios is face masks, things like that. So it's it's starting to be talked about. I don't know what's going to happen next week or next month, but it's starting to be talked about. You know, obviously our students, most like like a lot of other colleges and universities, they, um, they've already been told that summer classes are all going to stay online, so we're not going to have kids on on campus over the summer. But, you know, what, how, you know, there's a whole lot of questions that entails and things like that. But, you know, everybody's goal right now is fall. Is everybody going to be in campus for fall? But, you know, right now it's no no kids on campus during the summer. So, obviously the strength coaches are thinking, what are they going to do with that? And that's a whole other predicament that they're in. Um, you know, because... Where right now, we are in, this is the start of finals week for us. So, time to find out who's been doing what they're supposed to for the last six weeks and who, who hasn't been. Um, yeah, that's always, it's always iffy when you're in school. Then now, now they've been out of school, it's going to be even, it's going to be even um, iffier for some of these kids. So, I'm sure every, um, every university is going through the same thing right now, wondering, what the grades are going to look like in, in a week or so and, you know, how many fires they're going to put out. But uh, we are, we're starting to look at coming back and things like that. So um, got an email from the trainers today and we're going to start having that discussion. We have a meeting tomorrow about that. So we'll see, um, we'll see what this, what the, what, what the plans are and how this, what's everybody thinking about how things are going to shake out. I'm sure it's happening everywhere else around the country net right now, and uh, so we'll we'll see, we'll see in the coming weeks what happens. Of course, you know if it as it starts to open up and if cases start to spike again, it could close everything down again. So, you know, I, if that really if that happens, I you know I really I don't feel it'd be too crazy to see that we'd be playing football in in this in the springtime, but. You know, mm-hmm. hopefully it'll still be in the fall. 
this year, but we'll see. There's a whole lot of question marks in front of that yet. Yeah, I mean, I've been seeing on my work front, it definitely pick up. People are starting to maybe get more like hopeful that there's going to be a fall season and therefore they're, you know, looking into software and such, which is why you, everybody listening has probably noticed that we have switched up our schedule. In the coming weeks, we're going to be recording on Tuesdays and Fridays. So I hope everybody can tune in to that and that works for your schedule. Work's kind of picked up, as I mentioned last week, and I want to be able to balance this and, of course, a full software work schedule. So we'll kind of we'll kind of continue this and see what the future holds. But your work's uh, kind of starting to pick up too, right, LB? I mean, you're getting helmet helmet reconditioning's kind of on the horizon. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, I've been I've been getting boxes in every week, and so that that's good to have that coming in. But uh, yeah, the helmets are. I got an email today from Rydell, and they are going to open their Ohio plant for reconditioning this week. So that's going to get started. But that's that's you know one thing people have not not widely focused on. But you know, even those plants that do the reconditioning have been closed for the last six weeks or so, and so. You know, this time of year when they're humping to get everything done and get get them out and get ready for the season, that's been done stopped. It has been going on. So right now they are they are a bit behind. So that's you know, as a as a college, I think I'll be okay. I'm hoping I'm going to be okay. But you know, I think high schools are going to be in a real. Some of them could be a real predicament because obviously they're going to. They're going to tear down. They're going to do the NFL first, and then they're going to take care of colleges from one down to three before they really start focusing on high school. So I think it's, you know, the reconditioners around the country are starting, are just now starting to get picked up. So they're behind, and uh, it'll be, uh, they'll be humping, they'll be humping. And, you know, the, uh, if, if anybody has ever been to those factories where they do those things, you think, you know, you know that social distance is not a, um, it's not one of the things that it's really specialized because some of those workstations are fairly close together. So I don't know how they're going to go around doing that. I'm sure they got a plan in place, but you know, everybody's got their fingers crossed. I hope they get their helmets back in time. Obviously, if you're a school with more than one helmet, you might have one already returned and you're a little better off, but. For schools with one helmet, you know, they might have sent them out or planned to send them out spring ball and the spring ball gets canceled and things got pushed aside. You know, I know I've seen a lot of um, mentions of reconditioning going out during this time, but, you know, they're just sitting in warehouses back, just getting backed up and backed up. So it'll be, um, it'll be interesting to see how the return process of helmets um, starts shaking out. You know, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't, delay the season too much or or fall hopefully they can get the job done so i'm sure they're looking into various ways to maybe go faster this year whether that means you know new locations with more workers or multiple shifts 
working kind of around the clock. I'm sure they're exploring different options. Oh, I'm sure they are too. And they ha- you know, I'm sure they have been over this over this time. When would you normally send off your helmets? Uh, right after spring ball, which, you know, it's been uh, March-April time frame. So right about now, anyway, you're not actually behind sending them off. I'm not. I'm, I'm a little behind, but I'm not t- too bad off. But, you know, the last couple of years we finished spring ball in mid-March, so I've had them out the door by April. And, uh, you know, this year's spring ball, because our our coaching situation happened late in the process of the whole thing, was going to happen later anyhow, but, um, you know, that's not too big concern for me, but the problem is obviously that everybody who was in the house, in there be- that would have been in there before me wasn't getting done either. So, you know, things are just, they, they got a lot of helmets in warehouses right now. A lot of helmets. And they're, you know, they're going to take them as they get them and, or as they got them. And, um, you know, it's it will be a process. It'll be a process. I'm sure they'll... I'm sure the many reconditioners around the country are eager to get back to work if they haven't already or, or and get things done and take care of them. You know, it's sitting in their mind, too. Don't worry. I mean, you know, it's it's we'll see. Now, you don't recondition your shoulder pads, but that would be that would be a whole nother issue if if you did. Of course, that's not required right now. So hypothetically, the universities that are doing that would just take them back and unreconditioned you know i send out ones that need repaired and things like that but for the most part i keep most of mine in house we run through the ozone machine and we do that during the season too so they don't really never get too too bad but the ones they rivets replaced and things like that i send out but uh yeah but there's other schools that do send everything out and they uh yeah that just adds to the workload for the reconditioners mm-hmm have you been thinking about sanitizing equipment more this next season? Potentially, like, you know, best practices and what you could step up? I mean, obviously, I know you guys try to keep the equipment, like, clean, but, like, you know, let's face it. <laughs> you know, there's it, there's only so much that can be kind of done, but... Yeah, I mean, we, well, we, you know, we have our ozone machine, and, and we try to, you know, we make that available for players. Players drop off helmets every day that want them clean. Some do... Some want them clean more than others, but then, you know, we all, we also do, on our off days of Monday, we, we'll go through the shoulder pads and we do 1 through 25 on one day, and then the next week we'll do, you know, 26 through 50. So your shoulder pads are at least being through the ozone machine at least once a month, if not more. Some of the kids turn on the shoulder pads too. And the same thing goes for helmets, you know. The helmets and shoulder pads, we, we run through you know, 25, 30, the first, you know, every Monday. So, I mean, all that stuff being run through the ozone, ozone machine at least once a week, once a month. Um, I'm sure we could step that up, obviously, and, you know, do it more frequently. But, you know, other than that, I think it's a, you know, since this is a respiratory problem, you know, there's not much we can do outside that we haven't been already done, you know, washing the clothes every day, this, that, and the other. I mean, you know, the the janitorial staff, I'm sure, has plans to disinfect the locker room more often. Um, but, uh, you know, they got one of those electrostatic sprayers that 
puts a coat down on there and, and kills everything. And, and obviously that's good for killing everything then, but when you start using it again, it gets all dirty. But, you know, if they do that every night, yeah, I, I, that will help. That will definitely help. But, uh, mm-hmm. so, you know, each, so each morning you start with a clean slate. But, uh, oh, there's no doubt there will be extra sanitary measures being provided all, all the way across the board for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been proven that, like, HEPA filtration can filter out the virus. I mean, do you think your facility guys are considering putting those in tighter places like locker rooms? Uh, you know, I, I can't speak for what they've been talking about. Uh, obviously, because I haven't seen them in six weeks <laughs> or so. So, you know, sure. I don't know. You know, I don't know what um, how that's going for them. But obviously, this is everybody's you know, under the gun to make sure everything's trying to try to stay as sanitary as possible. But it's like the old, um, when everybody talks about MRSA and all those things, I mean, you can do a hundred things right, but if you do one thing wrong, that's where, that's where it's at. So, I mean, you know, it's, you might be doing one thing, everything right, but then you might have a kid that goes out and does something and brings it back in. So what are you going to do? And yeah, you can do a hundred things right, but all you need is one thing to go wrong. And it might not even be your fault, but it could happen. You know, you know, when MRSA was first on the scene, it was, you know, clean the locker rooms, clean the pads, clean this, that, and the other. And once again, you could do it all you want, but then if the kid goes back home into his filthy apartment and lays in his, lays in his pigsty, he's probably going to come back with it. You know, it's, what do you do? You know, this is, I think this time is, has taught everybody that, you know, it, I mean, obviously people got thrown out of work pretty rapidly there. I mean, you know, I go back in there and collect boxes from, from shipping and, you know, there's things up there. Our, our dry erase calendar has been moved, you know, has been updated since the middle of March, you look at us, oh, time has stopped, and, uh, but, you know, boxes are piling up in our room, and basically all we're doing is going in and receiving them, and maybe check, go checking them off, and things like that, so we have a, you know, I've been labeling them to which sport they go, so we have a little, you know, a, a spot for there, you know, is this spot for this spot, sport, spot for that sport, this, that, and the other, so we sort of keep it organized right now, but, you know, it's it's one of those things because sometimes that stuff's coming in and going right back out, and so we're uh, we gotta find some extra places to store the stuff right now. Yeah, I mean, nobody really expected to kind of be away from their job and stuff, and it's just general, you know, good job practice to always have a plan in place, and in case you're you can't make it into work. Uh, course that's always best case scenario and such but you've had a little bit of experience with that about being out from work you know unexpectedly i'd say (laughs) yeah and you know some some people know some people don't but you know last last uh july it was actually 36 hours from reporting for camp and i was in i was home after work and going for a jog around my neighborhood and uh yeah i had a heart attack um 
the uh, you know now it wasn't it wasn't severe all of a sudden fine because um, I'm still here today but you know oh, I, that's, we, that's debatable it's debatable <laughs> and a lot of people would back that but you know it was it wasn't um, it wasn't something that I expected because I was like I said I was out jogging I was you know I was probably three blocks from home and I just got incredibly tired, just really fatigued. So I just, I stopped my jogging and uh, I walked back home. And as I got closer to home and started, you know, come back down to normal breathing, things like that. And uh, I started developing a pain in my, across my shoulders. And it was odd, never experienced anything like that before. I really didn't think too much about it. It's just, okay. So I I went inside and started making dinner. The pain, eh, it was still there. I mean, it wasn't intense, but it was, you know, you was sore. You knew it wasn't muscle related because it just, you know, it was just a different type of pain. And so, you know, as I, I, as I kept on making dinner and doing, you know, just normal things, the pain started broadening out a little bit and really more so down into my left arm, the top part of my left arm. Not all the way down my left arm, but so I started wondering right there what was really going on. And um, I had some baby aspirin to chew on a couple of them just in case. And I thought, yeah, you never know. And so uh, it got after that, after I did that, the pain went away. And then it came back, and then it went away. It just kept sliding and going, going and coming. So finally, after about an hour, I had I had supper cooked at that point. So I thought, you know, I'll just leave it here. I'll leave it here. I'll, you know, I was thinking maybe it was in angina or something, because you know I I was fine otherwise. So I, that's why I didn't really think of a heart attack. But you know, it, it's that sort of thing's always weighing on my mind, being that. Uh, both my grandfathers died when they were 59 and my father died when he was 59. So pretty much, you know, genetically, I'm pretty much screwed up the, <laughs> in about five, six years. So, no. but, uh, but I don't smoke, I eat better and things like that. You know, things like you're supposed to do that they didn't. So you think ah, I might be able to, I might be able to make 60. So, uh, <laughs> so. That's the race right now. Just to see if I can make 60. I'm going to be really mad because I've saved some money for retirement. If I don't get to use it, I'm not going to be very happy about that stuff. That's just a waste of money then. Jeez. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so, so I decided, well, you know what? I'll just, I'll drive myself to the hospital and see what's going on. Thinking that maybe it was just angina and whatever, you know. Um, so, you know, in Youngstown, we have, we have two big hospitals, and I'm right between both of them. And they're both they're both for Mercy Health, and you know, one's the old one's the old one's been around for years, and one's a newer one's probably been around for ten years. So I, since I live pretty much smack dab between the two of them, I decided to go to the newer one, thinking, "Oh, this would be the one to go to." So I walk, I drive down there, and and actually, when I got to the parking lot, I actually sat in the parking lot for a while because I was feeling pretty good at that point, but it's like. But at that point, I was there. It's like you know what, well, I'm I'm here already. Might just go take get it get done and see what happens. So I walk in there and 
uh, guy to Destiny. And you know, I just got, I just go, hey, you know what? I was off for a jog. Started de- start developing these chains across my, um, across my shoulders and things like that. And he says, okay. He says, he took my name, made me a little bracelet, you know, and, uh, and uh, he says, I'll bring a wheelchair around for you. We'll take you in the back. It's like, well, I can walk. He says, oh, no, we'll take you in a wheelchair. It's like, okay, well, whatever. So I got right in, and and as I'm walking in there, as, I, as I'm being wheeled in there, he told a few people, hey, we need so-and-so in this room and things like that. And so I'm in there, and you, you know, they get there. You want? Can you hop on the bed? It's like, oh, yeah. It's like, you need help? It's like, no, I got this. And, it's, and I hop on the little bed there, and... and uh, you know, a couple minutes later, well, not like a couple, soon after that, some guy arrives with the EKG machine and, you know, puts a little, like, puts them on me and they let it run for about 30 seconds and <laughs> the, the guy goes out, comes back about 30 seconds later with about seven other people. And it's like, the doctor's saying, how you feeling today, Mr. Armstrong? It's like, oh, I'm okay. I just, you know, had a little pain across my shoulders thing. She says, well, you're having a heart attack, and so we're going to... And it's like, okay, well, so that takes care of that. So, yeah, that, that's how I found out I was having a heart attack. It wasn't the, you know, sharp, intense pain in the chest. It wasn't the someone sitting on your chest for me. It was, it was you know, yeah, the pain across my shoulders, which you don't hear too much about. But, you know, I, I knew it was... I knew it didn't feel right, so I did get it checked out, luckily for me. And, uh, yeah, so they... um pumped some more baby aspirin in me and did a few other drugs in me and and they said okay well we're going to take you and put get you in a put a stent in you and but the cath lab is up in the other the other hospital so of course you know once again I made another wrong decision I could have went to that hospital and saved some time but so they called the ambulance for me and and so the ambulance came down and I hopped onto that gurney on you know do you need any help? No, no, no. I can, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm hooked up to all this stuff. I can still, like, walk over to the other girl. And the so they wheel me in, run, run me into the other hospital, lights and sirens, and go on. Because, you know, it's a heart attack. You got to do that. They're required to. So they get me in there and wheel me into the cath lab. And, and you know, uh, they didn't knock me out. They just, they, they, uh, you know, take notes, people. If this ever happens to you, so you know what's happening, so you so you'll be ready for it. But um, they uh, they they drugged me a little bit, but I was still awake and I could watch the whole procedure. You can see, you can see, you know, I can see them. I can see them. My heart on the on the on the screens above it, and you know, the cardiologist came in and said, "Yeah, we're just going to inject some dye into you, find out where it is." You're going slip a stent to you and all right it's like so i'm just laying there and things are going on and i'm you know half out of it but i can you know i'm not asleep and so i'm aware of what's going on you can feel yeah i can feel moving around me and you know somewhere along the process they said uh they said you know you're gonna you're gonna feel like you have to go to the bathroom but don't worry about it it's just it's just the you know it's just what we're it's part of the process and about then, I got really warm, and I felt like I, I felt like I just had a bout of diarrhea, and it's like I'm sitting there just mortified by the whole feeling, and it's like, 
And then I'm sort of like laying there just thinking and then concentrate on what I just, on my feelings of what I just felt. And it's like, oh no, no, I'm, I'm dry down there. It's okay. So, but um, soon after that, it was done. You know, they went, they went through my wrist. When you get, when you get a stent put in, they can, they'll either go through your wrist or your groin. And, uh, but FYI on this one, um, you know, when, before they figure out where they're going to go through, they shave both places. So, you know, they shave your wrist and they shave your groin. And, and with that being said, if they, they really should shave your chest. Cause this is the one, <laughs> this was the one thing that was just really annoying about the whole thing. Cause obviously I got to the, when I got to the ER, they put the, um, Electrodes on me, stuck the electrodes on me. Okay, great. Well, then when the hot, when the ambulance came to take me, they ripped those electrodes off and put a new set on. So that's okay. It's, it's okay. It's just my hair. So it doesn't hurt. Doesn't doesn't. I don't feel any pain. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then, then you get to the cath lab, and they drop the you know the ambulance drops you off, flip you on the bed. And then they rip those electrodes off and put another new set of electrodes on you. And it's like, holy cow. It's like, why, you know, they should shave your chest too. But, uh, you know, then you get out of the cath lab and you get into your regular room and they take those electrodes off you and put new electrodes on you. So, you know, in the span of about four hours, I had four sets of electrodes being put on my chest. So, you know, I want... Oh, that, that that was probably the worst part of the whole thing. You know, it's just a heart attack. That's fine. Getting the hair pulled off your chest, you know, pseudo wax job without you wanting it was the was the uh, oh, uh, but you know, as as you remember, I, I was laying in the emergency room. And I was calling you, telling you not to worry. Hey, you know, I'm having a heart attack, but I'm fine. You was freaking out a little bit, not too much, but. Well, you know, in typical Alvy fashion or whatever, you you call and Alvy never calls ever. Is it never 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 spontaneously? It's never a right. spontaneous call. So you know, I I see you on my on my caller ID and I'm like, okay, well, car accident or major problem with work. I was like, okay, never good. So anyway, I, I pick up the phone. I'm buried in work. And first thing I hear is, so don't worry, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I told you that's, you know, that's good. (laughs) Could wait until the next day, I guess, maybe. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so that was it. You know, I was, I was, that was a Wednesday. Camp started on Friday. And, uh. I actually got released from the hospital on Friday, if you, as you know, and and I felt pretty good actually after that. You know, I was I was actually ready to go Thursday. I was ready to walk. I started losing my mind on Thursday. You, you were know. trying to work from your hospital bed. That's not allowed. Yeah, but you know, it is what it is. Just, people call me, but I felt good. You know, got got one sent me. They put one sent me, and I'm fine now. Oh. 99% blocked on the one on the one artery there, so I did it right. But um, they said 99.9%, so there must have been really nothing going through that thing. But uh, I felt good. They released me, and, um, you know, I went back to work Monday, but it was very limited. I mean, 
you know, the thing about that is that, that I, I, you, I, you just get incredibly tired. It takes you a while to recover from that. You know, I could, I'd sit there and I could talk to people and, you know, boss a few people around, but you're, you're so incredibly tired after that thing, after a heart attack. And and you still get fatigued really easily. It took me a while to build that build the stamina back up from that. You know that's 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 one craziest thing. It's just yeah, you you get so incredibly tired easily. But uh, you know, through it all though, you know it it was we got we started the we started camp without hitch. Uh, you know Tim Tim stepped right up and. Kept doing his things and and he 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 filled in for me, you know. And my student my student workers stepped up the job and and they knew what to do. They didn't need my guidance to do it, to do everything. They knew what to do. They most of them had done that before. I think we had a couple first year kids, but you know they did they did some basic things and just filled in. Yeah, and it went off. They got they got practice started hot hitch. Uh, you know, season's got started a lot hit. So I mean, so yeah, I mean, you 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 never know what's going to happen and how things are going to shake out. But the world goes on without you, and and so you know, you hope you never have to run into that situation. But it was very reassuring for me seeing everything fall into place like that. And so you know, it's. It, it goes to preparation, you know, all those little things you teach your students and that, you know, you, you think they're not listening to you. But, you know, when the time steps up, time when the time comes and things go off without, you know, they're not the same, but things still happen and things go off with no problem. That says more about your preparedness than anything else. It's just how well everything else took place. You know, I, I'm... I'm I'm the luckiest guy alive because I have I have a great assistant. A great, he's not even my assistant. He's he's the only, he's just another equipment guy. That that he you know he's just another head equipment guy, but without without the title, you know I don't have to worry about him. I don't have to worry about Tim at all. I leave Tim. Tim's not a problem for me. We're you know in our eyes we're equal to each other. You know title wise I might have the title, but in our eyes you know we we're equals. Um, and he just stepped up and took over and kept his things going. And but you know, for and guided the kids whenever they need a little guidance. But you know, for the most part, we uh, everything went off without hitch. They started practice, and it was well. It, truthfully, I, it took me it took me even a couple of weeks before I even got onto the field. And even then, it wasn't very long. I was up there more than probably 20 minutes and I wasn't doing anywhere. I was just standing there and talking a little bit. But, it, you know, for the most part last year, I really wasn't on the practice field a whole lot. Um, you know, after this, after the season started, I started cardiac rehab, which if you, if you do have a heart attack, I recommend you do, do the cardiac rehab. Basically, you get, you know, they're, your insurance pay and you go work out. And so, you know, they, they <laughs> the only other bad problem about that is, is once again, you got EJ, EKG leads on you. So it's only a four, it's only a, 
it's only 40 kgs on you, so it's not as bad, but they teach how to put them on for yourself, and then, then they just, you know, let you go. But, once again, you know, that was, I think it was 36 visits, uh, three times a week. So, 12 weeks in cardiac rehab. Yeah, one, uh, you know, after after a week or two, I had four bald spots on my on my chest on, on where the EKG leads go. So after that, it was pretty easy because I could just go stick them in the bald spots. You know, it's, I get to the point now, you know, now I'm jogging seven miles a day now. I haven't dropped over yet. So that's positive too. Although it was quite ironic the other day. I had my Spotify going on some 80s music and I was right, it was so ironic. I was right about the place where um, where my heart attack took place on, basically on my jog in my neighborhood, I was right about that place. And Olivia Newton John's heart attack came on came on my came on my Spotify. So it's like, oh geez, think with the irony of that, you know, I'm running through the same place where the heart attack happened, and this comes on. So that was sort of funny the other day. Um, it's crazy how that uh, you you know, one minute you're just thinking about. You know, it's Wednesday evening, you're home from work, and you think about everything has happened the next day for Friday to go smooth, and all of a sudden, yeah, it's not, everything's turned turned around. How long would you say it took you to recover physically? I mean, now you're running longer than, than ever, yeah. than before your heart attack, but how long did it take you to get back to where you were? I would say, I would say probably, whoo. I probably noticed I was pretty much back to normal near the end of the season. So, you know, probably, probably November-ish. So from July to November, it probably, that's when I really didn't notice it as much anymore. Um, you know, by that time I'd been in rehab for probably eight weeks or so. And yeah, I probably didn't notice it. I probably didn't notice it as much because I, I at that point, by the time I by the time I got out of rehab, I was on the treadmill for thirty minutes, on the elliptical for thirty minutes, on the hand mill for twenty minutes, and on the bike for twenty minutes. So, and I had built myself up to that, so I was actually you know. So I was doing, you know, an hour and 40 minutes of cardio. And granted, some of it was more intense than others. But, you know, at that point, though, yeah, I could probably... Because the first couple times I came back from rehab, I was just wiped out for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, at that point, yeah, I probably didn't... By November-ish, so, you know, probably uh, 7, yeah, 10. So, yeah. About three, three and a half months after the heart attack, I was probably back to normal. When when people listen to this, when you get up there and that, you think about a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, it's sometimes it's not exactly what it seems. I mean, obviously, I'd still you know chest pain and things like that, but sometimes it's not that. And uh, so you know, if it doesn't feel right, you don't think it's right, go see a doctor or go to the emergency room. I mean, I think you're lucky because you like 
you like to run. Or at least you don't mind to run. I do okay outside, but whenever it comes time for it to be like winter and I need to transition from, you know, running down the road to like running on a treadmill, that's where I usually fall off the fall off the train. <laughs> working out out working out in, in the cold is um yeah, it's not my favorite thing to do. I mean obviously it's May now, but the weather still thinks it's March because it's going to be 50s the whole entire week here in Ohio. So that sucks. Yeah, yeah, but I'm still not a fan about running in the cold. Please just get warm, for the love of God. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, the major takeaway of this is that thank goodness you had people in place to help take care of the equipment room. And, you know, it's yeah. so important to keep your equipment room organized and, you know, prepared for you to step away at any time. Because you never know, you could have you could have a job offer or something. You never want to leave your equipment room poorly managed for the next right, guy to step right. in. Always want to leave it better than when he came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you're not a big fan of lists. I'm a, I'm a definite advocate of of to-do lists. I have to, to-do lists to... I know. I have lists for lists. I know. So, I think it's absolutely necessary for, like, me to work. It might not be necessary for, like, other people to work. I think it's helpful whenever you have a lot of people under you, like, in, in your case, for your student workers that come in and they're not sure what they should be doing. Yes, they... Some of them get used to it and they get a pattern. Right. But, you know, during some of the... Months where camp's not going on, practices aren't as regularly scheduled. I think sometimes it can help to give them a written direction for the day. Yes, I mean I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, uh, yeah, it's so many things can happen. You know, there is the routine, but there is throughout an average day equipment room. There's so many things that can throw your routine off too. So that's why you know you always got to be flexible and. Be ready to change your plans to to adapt to the situation. You know, it, you know, any one of any any equipment guy can tell you. You know, you can be ready for practice on one field, and all of a sudden, twenty minutes before practice or less, you'll be they'll switch your practice to another field. So uh, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, you gotta be. It's good to have a list sometimes, but sometimes your your whole apple cart gets upset by somebody else's plans. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, but you know. Like I said, the kids, my student workers came out big for me during that time and helped me out immensely, and uh, things went off without a hitch, and and so that's that just shows why you got to keep everybody prepared and give them as much knowledge as possible so they know exactly what to do, when to do. I agree. Tim and your students really save the day. It's important to have those people that can fill your place at work when you aren't there. Secrecy about your job. You might think breeds job security, but honestly, you're just making it harder on yourself when you need to step away. Let's eat, leave off this episode with that food for thought, huh? We'll be back on Friday with another episode with Tim. Until then, stay safe, stay sane. Bye. Yep, see everybody on Friday. Bye.